Welcome back. My name is Isabel Gates, and this is the Spacemakers Podcast. If you're new, welcome to the space we're making. Before you dive in, we always encourage our new listeners to first go and listen to our intro episode, episode zero, before diving into anything else. It gives you an overview of kind of who we are and what we're doing. And with an episode like this one, where there will be lots of people sharing different experiences, we also recommend listening to episode three first, which is called Let's Talk About Talking. We just kind of share our hearts on that one, explaining what mindset we hope our listeners will have when they come to our podcast. So if you've been listening to our podcast so far, you know that we are trying to make space for the hard questions in religious contexts, uplifting marginalized voices, and shedding light on certain changes being asked for in church culture, among other things. Here at The Spacemakers, one of the things we are super passionate about is uplifting the voices of the youth in our church because we believe that truly listening to the next generation is vital to church unity, health, and survival. The seven of us that make up the Spacemakers team all pretty much grew up in the International Churches of Christ. Because of that, some call us, quote-unquote, kingdom kids. More on that term later. And though we are very grateful for our upbringing and for the family that the church was to us growing up, we want to start a discussion about the experiences of kids growing up in our specific church. The seven of us have had pretty varying experiences being raised in this religious context, but I don't think it's a secret that we often call attention to some changes we would like to see in church culture. Does this mean that our experiences were all bad? Not at all. It's just that as adults looking back on our childhoods and observing the patterns of the people around the world who had similar childhoods, we believe that there are some important and hard conversations to be had about how to make growing up in church a better experience. Once again, does that mean that it was totally terrible and an awful experience? No. But do we have some things that maybe we were hurt from or some things we wish were better? Yeah. After all, isn't it always good to keep growing and changing and listening to each other? Again, if you're listening and are already struggling with the concept of some young people talking about some of their negative experiences in church, please listen to episode three, Let's Talk About Talking. Our podcast is still pretty new, but we have already been listening to all the feedback we've received thus far. It's been overwhelmingly encouraging, and for that we are grateful. But one complaint we received is, not all young people in church think like you guys. We were told that we can't speak for all the young people who were raised like us. And I mean, we never said we did, and we never said we wanted to, but we did want to take that feedback and turn it into an episode idea. One of the goals of our podcast is to constantly invite people who are different than us, who are different than us in age, race, upbringing, and thought. So... For today, we decided to invite some of our friends who grew up in our church who just had a really good experience. Our friends who basically had no spiritual or religious trauma, but who simply just had a positive experience being raised in the ICOC. Now, as you can imagine, even this concept is a bit tricky. It's much too simple and it's flat out untrue if we categorize our guests tonight as people who had a just good quote unquote kingdom kid experience. And if we categorize ourselves as space makers as people who had a bad quote unquote kingdom kid experience. Because experience is experience and we fall in different places on the spectrum. And it's wrong to say that either it was all good or all bad. 
But for the sake of this episode idea, we thought that we would have our friends come and share what they thought about the way that they were all raised, about the way we were all raised, and to try to understand each other. We didn't want it to be a, was your experience right or was mine? Because the whole point is to validate that both sides can be true and that's okay. What if one person just had a really good experience growing up in this church and another had a really bad one? Either experience does not negate the other. We have to listen to each other, validate each other, and think, okay, so what do we do with this? Now, for this episode, we probably bit off a bit more than we can chew because we had eight people on our Zoom recording, which is a lot. We had me as the moderator, three space makers, and four guests. These guests are awesome friends of ours, and we are so glad to have had them. But we did end up talking for over two hours. We went off on some tangents, went back and forth a bit. So it was really good just taking the time to listen to what everyone had to say and have these awesome discussions. But we did end up having to shave down the episode quite a bit just to make it a reasonable podcast length for our listeners. Again, we're still new to this podcasting thing, so we're going to be adjusting our format pretty much every episode, I'm guessing. So what we did for this week was for part one of this episode, we basically cut down that super long conversation to mainly just what our guests said. And then part two will be the space makers expanding on all the ideas we talked about with our guests. In other words, this first part will be dedicated to the experiences of the quote unquote kingdom kids who had a positive experience growing up in our church. And then the second part will be the space makers who had more varying experiences growing up in our church, responding and digging deeper into these topics. On that Zoom recording, we had me, Sebastian, Rachel, and Janae representing from the space makers, but you'll mostly hear from our guests who are our friends, Mark Lorenz, Elisa Crater, Mari Sawamura, and Nick Reagan. I'll let them introduce themselves real quick. My name is Mark Lorenz. I'm from Northern Virginia. I've lived there my entire life and have been a part of the Northern Virginia Church of Christ. Um, when I went to college, I was I went to Virginia Tech and was a part of that church for about four years. And right now I work full time in the financial planning world um, and I'm back home in Northern Virginia. Hi, I'm Mari Sawamura. I grew up in Tokyo, Japan. That's where I was born. And then my family moved to Guangzhou, China when I was in middle school. So I was a part of the church there for middle school and high school. And then I went to school at Boston University. And so that's why I moved to Boston. And now I work as a campus minister in downtown Boston. Hi, everybody. I'm Elisa Crater from Berlin, Germany. Uh, I grew up most of the most of my life in this church here in Berlin. I lived here until I was 15, and then we moved to the south of Germany. And I was in the church in Munich for about seven years, and then I came back to do my master's degree in Berlin, and then I stayed here, and I'm a project manager in a marketing company. Uh, so my name is Nick Reagan. Uh, I live in Denver, Colorado. I grew up in the Dallas church uh, in the northern area. Um, until about two and a half years ago, I moved to work with the campus ministry in Fort Collins, which is the very north part of Colorado. Um, 
after two years, I, I moved down here to Denver a couple months ago. And so I live uh, in South Denver and I work in healthcare. Uh, I work as a, a nursing assistant at a hospital and pursuing a master's degree. Awesome. So now that we've met our guests, let's move on to that definition that I promised our listeners, Kingdom Kid. The first thing we talked about with our guests today was defining this term. Basically, in the ICOC, if a child is born to members of the church and is raised attending this church, this child is called a Kingdom Kid. But we all kind of agreed that though this term isn't in and of itself horrible or super problematic, it is confusing. How it happens in our church is oftentimes when a child reaches the age where they can be accountable for their sins or a relationship with God, usually age 12 or 13, they are told that since they haven't actually been saved or haven't actually made their own commitment to have a relationship with God, they're not actually in the kingdom. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, but hence the confusion in the term. We agreed, though, that for the purpose of this discussion, we might use the term, but wanted to acknowledge its complexity. So moving on with our discussion, I wanted to ask the guests what comes to mind when they think of whether their experience growing up as a quote-unquote kingdom kid was good or bad. I think my, my first thought with that question is, you know, the end result is me, you know, living as a disciple of Jesus you know, growing up in the church led me to find salvation and truth in the Bible. And in that alone, I feel like I had a good experience. I'm really grateful that there are so many people out there that don't have as much exposure to the word. And growing up in Asia, I saw that firsthand. And I think my perspective might be a little different than some of the American disciples, because it's just so normal to live in a Christian world here. And so I just feel really grateful that I even grew up believing in God and I grew up um, not being taught by my like education institution that, you know, God is fake and all of that. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, I haven't seen imperfection in the church. Like the whole reason why we moved to China from Japan was because of church hurt that my family experienced. But um, I think because I didn't have um, a teen ministry or, you know, other teen Christians growing up around me in China, I was always with older people that shielded me from some of the immaturity that um, can lead to hurt for some, you know, teenagers growing up in the church. And I was in the mission field with really devoted Christians and disciples that were you know, moving all the way to China to share their faith. And so I just saw a lot of genuine and authentic Christianity growing up. And that helped me not, you know, want to become a Christian because of uh, church culture or like, you know, oh, like the, the cool teenagers in my church are disciples. So maybe I'll study the Bible. Like, no, like there was no incentive for me to become a disciple community wise. Like I was going to hang out with, Chinese people, you know, speaking broken English to me who were like 20 years older than me. And so me wanting to become a Christian was solely based on, you know, what I read in the Bible. And, and I, and I grew up, I grew to really appreciate um, the community afterwards. So 
um, I guess, long story short, I'm really grateful to have grown up as a kingdom kid. Um, when you ask the question of like, what do you think of when you think of your experience growing up? Um, I actually thought of the sentence, like it takes a village. And I really feel like that's why, or that's a big reason why my experience was really great because I had a great like community around me and so many people were in my life. Like my family is not close to my physical relatives here in Germany. So I never had like aunts and uncles and grandmas and grandpas, but like in church, I really, I really felt like I had that. I was, um, the first baby born into the church here in Berlin. So I was kind of like everybody's child. And even growing up, they'd be like, oh, I knew you when I was two. And of course I was annoyed as, at that as a 12 year old, but they just had like so many people had such a great and loving impact in my life. And now that I'm getting married and making my like guest list, I'm like looking through and I'm like, man, I would love to invite these people and these people and these people, even if they just had such a short role in my life. Even if it was for a short period of time, they had a big impact in my life. And I think that was really special. And that made a lot of why I would say my experience was good. Well, I don't think it's about good or bad. Um, I think it's family. And families pick you up when you're at your worst, but they also cause you to be at your worst sometimes, um, to be very honest. And... I think we could all relate to that. I mean, I feel like the worst fights you have with your siblings, but then also the people you call when you're in the hospital, your parents, you know? And I think that's exactly um, the way I think about the church and my experience in the church. Yeah, I think, Sebastian, I relate to you a lot where like, you know, sometimes family is the people that you can love the most and also be the most frustrated with at times. <laughs> um, and I think family is such a good word. Uh, to use to describe uh, my experience, especially through at the church. Um, my, my family dynamic is quite complicated as well. Um, my family joined the church when I was in middle school, I think. Um, and through much, lots of messy divorce and lots of family craziness, um, my mom became a Christian first, um, while my dad remained not so much a Christian. And so... Um, the church became a place where I guess uh, a single mother um, trying to figure it out in a small town and working full time was, was allowed to be herself and, and seek a refuge. And, and so throughout most of my childhood, um, all the families that I was around, um, including Devin and Isabel's parents, kind of, I remember them like taking muffins from me in middle school. I was so mad at them. Um, but I remember like there was a transition um, when kind of going through high school and college where like I, in my mind, all of the adults that I'd grown up around were like inerrant in everything they did spiritually, like they could do no wrong. Um, and, and I learned so many amazing spiritual um, mature things from them. And then I remember there was this moment where I was like, wait, they're like just as sinful as me. And I, and I saw them make mistakes and I saw them do things. And, and sometimes those things affected my family and I as well. Um, and, and when you're in a family, you can't escape that. Um, and so you're, when, Isabel, when you mentioned earlier that, like, or I think several people have said that there is no completely good or completely bad experience when you grow up in a church family. There is just experience and there is just life. And sometimes as we've seen both in the Bible and, 
And now we're all seeing personally in our lives, like life is messy and life is hard. Um, and being a Christian doesn't always change that. Um, but what I love, what, what I've loved about being in this church family is that throughout all of the conflict that I've encountered and all the people I've disagreed with and, um, and had friction with working in the campus ministry, like it's, I, we, there's a safe place to do that. Um, at least in my experience. And I understand that might not be the same for everybody else. Um, but it's what I hope we can create. I love all your thoughts. Um, yeah, I would say looking back, I guess thoughts of wanting to study the Bible. It was 12, like I was 12. It was because I wanted to be noticed by people. Oh, Mark's studying the Bible. Let's talk to him more or something like that. And those are my initial, like wanting to be, feel like I was a part of something. Um, And it wasn't until down the road where like, I started to figure out like, man, I'm so selfish. (laughs) Um, And I got humbled in that way, you know, and took a very long time to study the Bible. Um, But I think that looking back now at my time growing up, it was great. Like I had so many great people that were part of my life that really mentored me. And, um, but I think also like there was times where I was like, how, how am I viewed by other people? Um, so yeah. Okay. So to the listeners, I know you are hearing my voice a lot, but I have to come in to kind of sum up this next part, which kind of went long, but it was good that it went long because basically I asked the guests and our space makers, what we are all grateful for, um, basically looking back on our childhoods growing up in church. Um, And I'm just going to sum it up because we did repeat ourselves a lot and went long, which again is good. But basically, Elisa said that she loved church camps. She said that it was a lot of fun since she was in a smaller church. She got to kind of connect with more people. She also loved meeting with families and doing Bible talks and just life together, vacationing together, all that stuff. Rachel said that she loved knowing that we're part of a worldwide fellowship of churches and knowing that she could basically move anywhere. And she moved around a lot. And if she did move to a random part of the of the world, she would have a community everywhere she went. And having those friends around the world is has been really cool. Um, and then constantly seeing people at our conferences and camps and the events that we have. Mark said he loved his teen ministry and his teen workers were some of his favorite people. Um, he loved learning from older people and the older people striving to help the younger generation was really inspiring for him. Nick said he loved being able to spend time with different fathers and older men since um, his family life was a little bit out of the ordinary. And so he loved having a bunch of father figures to um, look up to and learn from. And um, he loved seeing people who are doing life well and having these awesome family lives. Um, And then... Janae said that she loved being best friends with people that she thought she would never be friends with without God. Um, She loved that church brought together a bunch of different people that she wouldn't pick out for friends herself, but because of church and because of God, she's able to develop these awesome relationships with people she never would have been close to otherwise. 
Um, Sebastian said that there's a lot he didn't have to worry about um, because of being in the church. He said that for the most part, there was this basic security that he had that, you know, if his parents died when he was 12, he could have picked 30 households that would have taken him in just like that and raised him as their own. Mari said that she moved around a lot also and never really knew where to call home but church provided people who understood her and gave her a sense of home. So it was really good starting off our conversation on that positive note, Um, but we also did want to have those harder conversations. Um, And so my next question that I asked our guests was, what could have been better about your Kingdom Kid experience? Yeah, I can share. Um, I think... Something that I really learned to love a lot about my parents was when I was in college because my dad got baptized when he was in college. And when I was in college, there's a guy that we were studying the Bible with. He got baptized. Amazing guy. And we were talking and he just was saying, dude, I'm just so jealous, you know, like of you, you know, that your parents love you so much that you were able to, you know, to be born and raised in what it seems like, you know, a great household and and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yeah, dude, like, I can't imagine um, the role that, you know, my parents played, you know, like losing that, you know? And so when I think about my dude, like when you get married and when you have kids, like you have the opportunity to do that even, you know, to make your household, you know, a, household of loving God, you know? And so I think I was like blown away, just like thinking about that more of like, dang, like my dad, like him choosing to get baptized in college and then me being in college, like, and this guy that I was studying with, you know, sharing that, like, I was like, man, I'm so grateful for my dad, um, you know, choosing, you know, to get baptized and, um, and like the life that I, you know, was able to get raised up in. I think my parents really, protecting me from a lot of things that, you know, could have been, you know, terrible, you know, and um, I'm grateful, you know, to have a mom and dad, you know, that love God first and then love each other. But I do know like a lot of people that, you know, don't have um, parents, you know, that are, you know, there for them. And uh, I like hurt for those people, you know, um, and what they have to go through and what they have to um, deal with. Um, but that's something I think that I'm just so grateful for. And like, I've learned to just appreciate it. You know, it's just the role that a parent has in a child's life. So, yeah. And I just jump in really quickly to say a short thing about that, because I think it fits really well with what Janae was saying before about this mold and how she feels like she didn't fit into it growing up. But I think if you're like Rachel or like me and you fit into this mold and everybody thinks you need to be perfect. And so I think for kingdom kids, it's very much like you're either on the good side, quote unquote, or on the bad side. And there's no like space to be individual and to have questions and to need to like figure yourself out. And if you're in one of these two categories, like I felt very much like I needed to be perfect, like what you were saying. And that because people thought I was perfect, I was 
kind of put to the side a little bit and it was like, all right, let's deal with the kids that are like having other problems and stuff. And let's not think about those that are fine, even though we weren't fine. We're not fine. You know, everybody has their own stuff that they're going through. I really feel a lot of what Mark said. Um, I honestly grew up in a really stable family. Like my parents are really exemplary in their faith and I saw their discipleship lived out in our home as well as at church. So I'm grateful for that, but that's really caused a journey in my um, ability to be more compassionate to other people because I think because I lucked out with my family, I just kind of assumed that everyone else who's a kingdom kid had the same experience when that's not the case at all. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, that's something that I've had to really grow in and learn over time is that, you know, everyone... Everyone has, you know, their own issues and I have to be more loving and, um, yeah, compassionate to other people's situations and even look to my, to my own experience and see how I can relate to other people. I think what I, what I hope for, um, in, in, in the young people in our church and who are, and when I say young, I mean, like, between the ages of five and 12, what I hope for is that there's a focus um, on, on really, really great individual parenting. On, uh, and, w- and when I say that, I mean, like, like Janae was saying, instead of handing somebody a form or a manual and saying, here's how you become a Christian, like, engage with your children. What are they thinking? You know, I think on average, most, most children um, and, and I think in a developed country have been exposed to sex, drugs. Um, I mean, a lot of these huge things that we wrestle with in our world by the age of like eight, like probably by middle school, children have been exposed to most things, um, that could hurt them in their, in their spiritual development. And so, I mean, I think what w- would be so great to see and maybe this is already happening. I, again, I don't have kids. <laughs> I'm not in a, I'm not in a marriage ministry. I don't have a family of my own. But what I think could be so helpful is instead of, instead of trying to shield all the time, because I, I do think there's a time to shield, but there's also a time to teach. The Bible says to parents, love your children and show them in the way that they should go. Um, like, what does that look like? warning your children about the dangers of pornography or of, of unhealthy drinking of um of coping mechanisms that could really hurt you in your adult life like I, that's just something like no one really ever talked to me about um when i was younger and so I, I just think of all of the things that are that are hard for a young man in this world you know about not to buy into this world's message of you know easy money and having everything about like and maybe some parents are doing this well and i I know very little (laughs) but what i what i hope for is that that children are are being confronted with these things younger than than when i think parents think they need to because by by ages 14 and 15 they're gone like they are they are forming their identity in a way that is pretty solid like it's it's not as malleable as, as I think most people think. And, and by the time they're in college, like they're, you've lost them. 
they, they have they have developed who they will be at the core. And obviously people people can change in drastic ways. I mean, that's the message of the gospel, right? But I but you but these big directional personality like changes happen very early. And, and we, we used to see that in research, we can see it in science, we see it in child development. So what I would love what I, and what I hope for and what I hope is already happening is that um, that the the spiritual formation of children growing up in our church starts with the parents rather than all of this group responsibility on the teen ministers and the campus ministers because there's just one they're just one people right and they only get them for four years like each in each ministry right so and i do think and not every challenge that everybody faces can be directed back to their parents but i do believe that like with really solid parenting foundations like we can we can confront a lot of these hurts before they even happen right easier said than done right um and i'm sure when i have kids one day i'll be eating my words in a healthy proportion um but these are the things i hope for uh and these are the things that i think will the by that the bible really pushes you know when you read psalms and proverbs you see from the fatherly perspective like teach your children show them wisdom based on the bible and i i think that's just i think that's the rock we're going to be able to build this family on yeah, that's so true. It's funny because you're so right, Nick. We aren't parents, but we did experience growing up in this church and a lot of our parents or the people in their generation didn't. So you're right. We totally don't want to say like, hey, we're experts in parenting. Listen to us. But I feel like there is something to say that like we, we have this experience of growing up in the church. And like, you know, for example, when I'm talking with my parents, there's some things that they'll advise other parents about, or they'll even hold a parenting class about that. I'm like, actually, that wasn't too helpful. (laughs) Um, So I just feel like that's why we need each other. And that's why we need to have that dialogue because, you know, we don't know what it's like to be on the other side um, for the most part. So yeah, but you're so right. Um, So something moving on, something that we want to touch on is just kind of the fact that even though this group is really diverse and we have a lot of definitely varying experiences, we are all still part of a very specific demographic. And by that, I mean we all grew up in this church and we all still attend this church. But obviously that isn't everyone. We all have friends and people we grew up with who just don't attend anymore. And I don't want us to speak for them and I don't want to go into whether or not they're still saved or they're still true Christians or anything like that. But I just wanted to basically ask if the people that you guys grew up with in church are still here or not. Um, Like looking around and as you remember your Sunday school friends or the kids in your youth ministries, like, are they still around? Um, And basically, do you have any ideas as to why or why not? Um, I assume most of us are going to answer this question with most of the people we grew up with have left. And that's, that's really sad. And I think especially Um, As Kingdom Kids, like we've seen so much change and so many people leave over the different years. So I think it's super difficult to sum up why why did they leave? And um, I know that Rachel said she thinks it's because of experience. And I don't know if maybe this is just my perspective or maybe it's also because Germany is a much more atheistic country maybe than America. 
because I would say most of my friends left God, like they didn't leave the ICOC. They literally decided that Christianity was not for them or they didn't want this. But I do think that it a partial reason is because what we talked about before, like perfection, the mold, like not being able to ask the questions they needed to ask and not being able to have doubts and be, be kind of nurtured to really make their own, find their own faith and find their own decisions and not just take over what their parents had said and what their parents believed. And I, I really want to help this new generation of children, like enough teens growing up, be able to ask those questions and feel like church is that safe space. That's what it should be. Like this should be the place where you can ask whatever you want about all the topics and it isn't, and it wasn't. And so I'm just really hoping that that's the place where we can be in the future for all these people. So I think this past year, I've been afforded a great opportunity to work in a hospital. Um, I work on an oncology unit and I promise this is relevant. Um, I, I work with people who are primarily 75 or older. What I've, what I've noticed about people in general is that when, when someone does not feel that they are being listened to, it is very difficult for them to want to engage in a conversation with them. Um, and, and so I, I see it all the time with my patients that I care for is if you don't listen, if you don't take a minute and listen to what they're saying, if you don't take time and, and hear why they're upset and, and you ask those words, those three magic words that will gain you entry into any person's heart, help me understand, you won't gain any ground. Um, and, and to answer the question of what we're actually talking about, most of my close friends, I think, are still faithful um, and, and are, are even still in our, in our church movement, the International Churches of Christ. And um, I, I think the re- and I'm, this is complete speculation, but I think one of the big reasons that is, is because I grew up in a teen ministry and in a group of families that were, that were very focused on listening uh, and listening well. It, at least for me, I felt very heard whenever I, uh, whenever I brought up issues or concerns or, or things that I was feeling or, or wanted answers on. And I felt like people engaged with me. Um, and, and I think this is a lesson that, that we can bring to any generation, again, whether you're 18 or you're in your 80s or 90s near the end of your life. And I, I think it's, it's so hard to feel like you belong when, when no one's listening to you, Regard, regardless of, of the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, regardless of how you voice your concern, I think it should still be heard. Um, I think the the greatest healing can be done um, going forward is no matter how I disagree with you or agree with somebody, you know, let me listen, let me hear them. And, and we, we do this as, as people who train to be medical providers, as people who train to be in any, any field with interpersonal communication. Um, the big, the big key that opens the door is always help me understand and let me, let me listen. And I, and I think that's a big reason why myself and most of my close friends feel like we still want to continue with this group of families in this church and why we, we're still faithful. I think being a kingdom kid brings a unique challenge where you're becoming a disciple so early 
and you you just didn't really count the cost about a bunch of this stuff before you you know were like yeah let's get baptized and so I think a lot of this is coming up in college and that's not the case for um, a lot of these people that have joined our church you know as adults in college um, they they already thought through a lot of these things that they're giving up or um, that they're denying themselves of, or, you know, that they're joining um, and receiving um, as they become disciples in our church as 19, 20, 21 year olds, which is still young. And I'm sure we're only going to keep working through things that come up. And I am under no illusion that, you know, I'm sure down the line when I go through more things and, um, different life things happen. I'm going to have to count the costs over and over again about, okay, is this the church for me? You know, and is this where I feel like my relationship with God can thrive, but it has been interesting to watch, you know, in my students that kingdom kids just haven't really had that space to think about it yet. And so that's something that I am really trying to create is a space for these kingdom kids that I can relate to having grown up one too, um, to ask these questions and to have this dialogue and to feel like they can do that without being dismissed or, um, feeling like they're being too rebellious or I don't know what it is, but, um, I want to make sure that as a minister, I can be that listening ear to some of these kingdom kids that are thinking about this stuff for the first time. Yeah. Everything that's been shared has been great. Um, I know for myself, I'll say even like the past three years I've lost or like a lot of my friends, you know, have chosen, you know, to walk away from the church. Um, and, uh, it's, uh, definitely sad. Um, and it hurts, you know? Um, but honestly, like think about it more, like I couldn't be more happy for those people because they're confident in the decision that they're wanting to make um just with this is what you know like I was talking with one of my friends you know who chose to left the church and you know he was just telling me that um he just wasn't happy um and he didn't feel like he was glorifying God because he didn't feel the urge or that like the happiness that he felt like he needed to have to glorify God. And I was like, dude, that's so real, man. And I couldn't be happier for you, dude, that you feel confident in that and that you are wanting to go on a path that you feel like is best for your life. And so I think I've like learned that, like, although like a lot of my close friends, you know, have chosen to walk away from God, that I'm not going to treat him any differently that I'm not going to choose to um, view them differently or less than me. You know, I'm still going to love them. I'm still going to want to talk with them and hang out with them. And so I think that's something important to know is like, although people may choose, you know, to make these decisions to walk away from the church, that shouldn't cause the church to treat this person in a way that is like downgrading them. So, yeah.
Yeah, good stuff, guys. Um, so actually, I just wanted to add in my experience because I was actually raised kind of in that close friends group that Nick talked about, um, where you know there's just kind of a few families that raised us together, and we just had, you know, we were all really close. We we're always like in and out of each other's homes and hanging out, and it was really great. Um, and yeah, I think a lot of the people in that specific group are definitely still around, like a lot of our closer friends. But honestly, if I look beyond that in, you know, our youth ministry or our um, our youth ministries, you know, going back to Sunday school or even, um, you know, the youth ministries of, of Texas, I just, it seems like the people that I grew up with, there are a lot that are not around anymore. And I see Nick nodding um, in agreement with me because, yeah, I think our little group of however many families, we were just really close. And I honestly chalk up the fact that we're still around to those deep friendships more than, you know, the fact that we all went to church in a way. Um, But I think, yeah, if you look kind of beyond that, it's like, where did everyone go? And I'm not saying that like, oh, they're horrible people that went off the deep end. I'm saying like, what could we have done to maybe make it a safer space that maybe they wouldn't want to leave? Or did they leave for valid reasons? Or I don't know. And obviously we'll dive deeper into that probably um, soon here, but I don't know. That just gets me thinking about all those things. And so I guess... Moving on to our last question, I was just wondering what for you guys is kind of your dream or your hope for the Kingdom Kid experience moving forward? I'm I'm excited that like our generation is doing the hard work right now of really unlearning things, questioning things, you know, solidifying our convictions. And honestly, we have so much to learn from the generation that went before us. And so with all that combined, I, I feel excited about the ways that we're going to be able to raise our kids together. And yeah, I guess my hope, you know, my only hope really is that my kids will grow up loving God and loving his word and um, feeling the same kind of gratitude I feel about having grown up, learning about him and having had the opportunity to even, you know, become a Christian and study out the Bible all the way that I was able to in this church. And so who knows what it will really look like, but I, I really have a lot of hope that we're laying the good groundwork right now um, to make the church what we want it to be for our kids one day. And so I'm excited. I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know anything about parenting or any, I don't know anything about marriage, whatever. But I think it's going to be great if we continue to have conversations like this. Yeah, I think what my hope for the quote unquote kingdom kid is just to know that the church is, you know, a group of people that are just messed up. Like we're messed up people. Um, And to know that, you know, that the church is not perfect you know, and that the people in the church are not perfect. Um, Cause it's, I think there's expectations that people have of, of the church or of a church in general of it's, it's a safe place. It's a warm place. It's a place of love. It's a place, you know, to um, 
find peace with things, you know, and that's, you know, it's true. It's 100% true that the church can be that, you know, for those people, but it's also for others, you know, it's a harder time, you know, to really recognize that. And that's valid, you know, it's valid to see that, you know, because we're all sinners, you know, like none of us are perfect. Good stuff. Um, so basically, yeah, is there anything else that you guys want to add before we end this discussion? I want to say, yeah, I want to say one thing. I just want to say thank you to everybody who who shared things that were painful or, or things that were hard or, or might not, I don't know, that might not be the most popular opinion where they live or the, the church body they're a part of. I know it's always hard to disagree with people that perhaps you've known for years and care very much for. Um, and I, and I, I want to thank you guys for, for loving the body that we're trying to heal. You know, I think that's such an important thing to do. And, um, it it seems like you guys really, really care, um, to the people who, who host the show, but also to the guests, it seems like you guys all very much care about, um, the family that you're, that you're trying to push to grow and to love. And I, I really admire that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I'll just say thanks for having me. I'm grateful for you guys putting this together and I hope a lot of people get to listen to it and identify with it. Anything that we said or yeah, I'm, I feel also convicted to have more of these conversations. So this is great. Thanks guys. Um, I think in the spirit of that, I know that this was probably not something that, um, did not come with certain feelings or anxiety. If you've listened to like past episodes or, you know, how, um, even like me and my friends can think and like process and you know what I mean? Um, and so I think I'm grateful that you guys, because we did ask people who said no, you know, we did ask people, um, and they said no for various reasons, but it was kind of an over, Overwhelming, you know, people being scared, you know, um, to come on here um, when we can be really um, loud about the way that we feel about things. And it's not a secret the way that we feel about things. And as you now know, it doesn't come from the wind, you know, these are real things. But I think I just appreciate you. Um, I think wanting to be a part of the conversation, you know, and I think I just encourage you guys to, you know, like go back to your ministries and say how fun this was that nobody attacked you. Nobody bit you here, you know, (laughs) and that, um, I think we all just want to be, you know, part of a church that's safe for everybody, you know, but I really appreciate you guys being here and sharing your thoughts. It definitely gave me a lot to think about you know, um, and I hope it also gave you guys a lot to think about too. All right. So to our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously we talked for a good long while, um, but we hope you enjoyed kind of the gist of our conversation. We just really love these people, um, to our guests. Thank you so much for listening, um, and for speaking and for just joining us. Um, this is exactly the kind of conversation that we want to have here at Spacemakers. We want to kind of bridge those gaps and to ask those hard questions and ask people who 
had different experiences than us or who are different than us in any way, what they think of those hard questions. And so this has been really cool. Um, you know, at, here at the Space Makers, we think we are kind of part of this really interesting generation that um, in our specific church has grown up after a lot of changes in our church history. Um, and I think it's really important to start these conversations um, with those things in mind. You know, if you are young and if you have some thoughts on what was super helpful and maybe what wasn't so helpful, you know, we encourage you to go have conversations with your leaders, with your the people in your community, your parents, whatever. And if you are somebody of the older generation who doesn't know what it's like to grow up in our specific church or in the specific community that you're in, you know, ask those questions. Ask what was helpful, what wasn't, what what hurt, what helped, what was awesome, and just start that dialogue because I think that's so, so important. Um, and, you know, we don't always have to agree. You know, we've said before that not every person that we have as guests or not even any, every person on our space makers, um, you know, agrees with every other person. <laughs> we all have our different opinions um, at times, but that's kind of the point. And we hope that you as listeners are having a heart of critical thinking, but not being critical and just listening and learning and letting this start conversations. So that was just part one of our little Kingdom Kid Experience um, episode. And obviously we'll probably have a lot more episodes on this topic, but please stay tuned for part two, which is just the Space Makers. We're just going to kind of dive deeper into a lot of these things, a lot of, um, a lot more questions on, um, you know, kind of what could have been better and just explaining even our experiences and things like that. So you won't want to miss it. We're probably going to have a few spicy takes as, you know, as expected. Um, so stay tuned for that. And as always, thank you so much for listening.